Welcome to the Managing Change series of webinars. Hope you're all safe and sound in your homes while we continue to bring the world's leading experts to you. Today we have with us Ms. Samantha Chris. Samantha is an international success coach, best-selling author, and award-winning speaker. She's been recognized for her leadership, community involvement, and as one of the top women CEOs in Montreal. Samantha's business acumen, change management experience, and communications expertise has helped grow individuals and organizations alike. A true change agent, Samantha guides people and projects through obstacles and uncertainties to achieve breakthrough success. Welcome, Samantha. It's such a pleasure to have you with us. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Samantha, I'm really you know, intrigued by the ADKAR. Is that what you call it? Or it's, is that ADKAR? So it's ADKAR. It's not actually my method. It's a pro-sci method which is a change management model. And it's one that I'm certified on that has been, it has proven to be effective time and time again. And it's a model that really helps people navigate through moments of change. Wonderful. So can you just explain a bit in detail as to what is the model? Absolutely. So it is an acronym. So ADCAR, although not very sexy, is an easy way to kind of remember the letters, which is A-D-K-A-R. And the first A is for awareness. And it is reminding us as leaders that if we're going to be introducing change and expecting people to get on board with the changes that we want to make, that we first need to let people know why the change is happening at all. Because the first step is building the buy-in. We want to let people know things aren't working so well for us anymore. And if we just surprise them and saying, oh, by the way, process is changing, location is changing, it tends to trigger people. They feel more defensive. And so if they know ahead of time, ideally, that change is coming, why is it coming, then they're more easily and more readily available to kind of get on board with that change. It's for desire. So awareness is an essential first piece. That even when they're made aware, if they don't want the change, they're going to resist. And so we need to build the desire, we build the excitement. And in an organization or in communities, this particularly can, we can take out of marketing's book in understanding that we want to build some hype. We want to build you know, some messaging. We want to build a vision that people can see themselves as part of. They want to see that they have a role to play in making the promised land possible. And so the desire, yeah, it's, it's a really important piece of the puzzle because when people want to contribute, when they want to be part of the change, they're going to get other people on board too. They're going to rally the support, which makes change easier, particularly in an organization. The K Sorry, I can, I can see you speaking, but I can't hear you. <laughs> I was just saying, absolutely. I mean, you're right. If people agree and they, you know, inside other people join in, of course, it's, it's easier. Exactly. And our people, our team members, become our best advocates because although change needs the support from the top, it cannot be driven from the top exclusively. And so when we get the support from mid-level managers, from people in the front line, for people who are dealing with customers day in and day out, those are the ones in the field that if they see the change as being valuable and they want it and are going to work towards it, they're the ones who are going to make sure that it's possible. So this next part is K and it is for knowledge. So now they've got the desire, ideally, they, they want to contribute, but there's a good chance that 
the changes are going to entail system changes, process changes. Their day-to-day -day is going to change. So they need some knowledge as to what's actually changing. What changes for me? Do I need to learn a new skill? Do I need to learn a new tool? Do I need to learn how to work with an entirely new department? And so things like knowledge-based articles, internal training videos, even you know, if you use YouTube or Salesforce, there's some really great Skillshare, LinkedIn Learning. There are some really great LinkedIn or, or learning paths that are already built that you can put them on that say, this is going to help in the new landscape. As things evolve, here's some knowledge that will help you really adapt to the change. The second A is action. So what is the action plan? We want to map out what's going to happen. Again, what does this mean for me, but what is required of me as an employee as the individual whether that's you know a community member but it's two-way so the action is not just what's expected of you as an employee but what as an employee or as a community member can you expect from the leaders what action are the leaders committing to taking to make sure that you're supported through this change because if it's just a megaphone and the leaders are saying things are changing get on board it's not enough they need to take responsibility and to take ownership and recognizing this is going to be hard for you. You're going to need extra support, whether that is time with them, whether that is extra training. So those actions need to be accounted for from a leadership perspective as well. And the final pillar is R for reinforcement. So what is the plan to make sure that we are communicating in seeing is the action plan actually working the way we thought it would? Are our actions having the results we anticipated they would? And it's about creating a two-way dialogue. It's about creating a feedback loop that says, okay, I tried this plan, here's what we're seeing. It didn't work as well as we thought, or it's actually working far better than we expected, or here are some holes in the plan which we didn't quite catch at the beginning, but we're seeing them now and can be proactive in filling the gaps. Or you know, in, in more realistic cases, we're being reactive. We're seeing that, oh, we didn't see this one coming. So now we need to react. But with that feedback loop and the open dialogue there, we're able to, um, to work in increments and to really iterate as we go, as opposed to completely shifting and pivoting and, and stressing everyone out. The reinforcing of the change is really important. Communication is really the underlying piece of every, every part, every stage of that model. Model takes care of the whole loop. I mean, you know, everything is taken care of and it, it's agile as well. So there's yes. scope for improvement. You can just change things as they come. So, uh, exactly. Wonderful. So, what is change management and how does the, you know, ADCAR model fit into the change process? So, change management is really about mitigating risks, it's about planning for change, and it's about getting people on board so that they can build toward the future desired state. Change management is really to help manage the changes that you want to put in place. And there is the kind of hard side of change, which is the technology, which is the process, which is the systems, and the softer side of change, but really an overlooked piece of the puzzle are the people. Because behind every technology we implement, behind every process we put in place are people who are wondering, is my job at risk? I don't know how to do this. I've never done this before. Oh gosh, now I have to work directly with management. I've just been speaking with customers. I don't even know how to communicate with management. And so we have to recognize that there are 
insecurities, there are emotions, there are personalities, there are cultural beliefs. There are things that we need to take into consideration before we just pull the plug and say, things are, are moving differently now. And so change management is really looking at it holistically in saying, how will each piece of this change impact the people that are our key stakeholders, which can be our customers, our partners, our employees, our prospects, but we want to look at it big picture and thinking who's going to be impacted by this and how can we prepare to best support them through this change. So this model really helps to, uh, you want to keep those key stakeholders in mind. It's not just for the employees, but you want to say, for example, if you're changing up, you know, your website or your customer experience, well, then you need to get in the customer's shoes when you're thinking about awareness. How do we build awareness for them that things are changing? Because if they just come tomorrow and see a completely different website that they're used to engaging with, they're not going to know what to do. And when they're confused, the engagement drops. And when the engagement drops, the conversion drops. And when the conversion drops, there's a problem. <laughs> then your bottom line is directly impacted. All right. Got it now. What builds the awareness, you know? I mean, how do you know that you need to change now? And, you know, you need to implement something. It's a good question. And it's one that, you know, typically if you're going to be doing quarterly reviews, even monthly reviews, and you're looking at the metrics and you're seeing, and this is from a business perspective, but it could be applied in any human systems. Anytime you see kind of a red or yellow flag that things are not working the way that they were either intended to or that they have been, it's a good reason to pause and think, what's changed? What can be changed to get us back on track? And at that moment, I think it's really important, increasingly so, to be transparent with your family, with your community, with your um, employees. You don't have to have all the answers figured out right then and there. And I think that's a common misconception of leadership and where we're really evolving is that, like I said, leadership is, it, we're not working from the top down anymore. It's simply not effective. It's not scalable. Real change and the insights actually come from the bottom up, from the people who are working directly with customers, who are working directly with other employees, who can see hands-on what's happening. And when we have that insight, we can inform better decisions, but we need to share the insight. And that's what the awareness is, is hang on a second. This looks a little different. This feels a little different. This is performing a little different. How can we get ahead of this? What can we change collectively? Let's talk about it. Let's think about it so that we don't find ourselves stuck in, you know, two, six, nine months from now, totally reacting. We are in a position now where we can proactively try some things, but let's talk about it. And that's what the awareness is, is, hey, guys, what do you think? Because if it's just something that's delivered, and thought of in isolation and then said, okay, this is the direction you're going to get the resistance. You're going to get the pushback because behind the scenes, people are thinking, you didn't even think to ask me. I work day in, day out with this, with these people, with these projects. I've got insight that could have been really valuable. So by opening the conversation early, you build the awareness and you start to lay the groundwork for the next step, which is building the desire. Yeah, you, I think just address the points, you know, there are people who don't want to change, you know, there's just obstacles. I, I don't want to change things. I'm happy with the way things are. You know, what are the other obstacles? I mean, apart from the mindset, what are the other obstacles to building awareness that you think, you know, might just arise in situations? 
Mindset is, a, is definitely a big one. Habits are also a big one. I mean, we get used to working in a certain way in the tools that we have and the systems that are available to us. And even though as employees, we may recognize this is not efficient, we could probably save time, but I'm comfortable. I know how to use it. I've kind of found Band-Aid solutions. I've been able to hack this system a little bit to make it do what I want to do. And when we say, you know what, we have a technology or we have a new process that's going to make your life a whole lot easier, even if we know it, our initial reaction is like, oh, but I got to learn and I've got to do and I've got to sit in on the webinar and I don't have time. And I think it really, at the end of the day, it comes down to culture. Because if you develop a learning culture, a growth-minded culture, taking time to pause and learn a new skill and learn a new tool is going to be so ingrained in what's expected. Now, this is a lot easier said than done. I realize that. But it's really hard to expect people to jump on board for new process if the, if the culture doesn't support it, if it's not something that's readily available. And so some of the resistance may come from learning new tools. It may come from the fact that they have never been stretched beyond their role to, to the need in which they're being required now with these changes. And again, so we, when we think about the human element, recognize that as the leaders, as the one who recognized that a change is needed, you've already had the time to think this is needed. This is the solution. Here's how we're going to do it. This is great. And when they're hearing it for the first time, they don't necessarily have privileged. They're not privileged to that information. So all they're hearing is, Things are changing. And, you know, we want to be mindful that this can be a people issue or, or concern. It can be a process issue or concern, or it could be a performance issue or concern. People may think, how am I going to be, what is my, my quarterly review going to look like? Are my targets changing? Will my bonus be affected? So you want to think people, process, and performance when making changes in understanding where some of the pushback might come from. Absolutely. And why is it that you think it's, you know, more important now than ever before that people adapt to change and, you know, and, uh, come to the anchor model or rather apply it in their systems or businesses? Yeah, I mean, the pace of change is accelerating. It's not going away and it's not slowing down. The amount of information that is available to us, the, the speed in which technology is evolving companies, we need to keep up. And the sooner we have and adopt a model, and this is not the only one, it's just one that I you know, believe really firmly in and have used for the last several years. If you find a model that works for you and you have something to help guide you through each stage of change and keep you connected with the people behind it, then you're able to evolve at a much more rapid pace. And we talked about agility at the beginning. You can remain agile, you can scale bigger, faster, if you have a model that helps you stay accountable to the change at hand. So are there coaches, you know, who let you know what the AdCard model is or how can you specifically adapt it to your company or your business? Are there coaches? Coaches, people who can teach you how to, you know, just adapt this to your business or your specific area of work. Absolutely. So there, I'm, as I mentioned, ProSci is certified. So ProSci is P-R-O-S-C-I. And if you look that up, you're going to find um, the ProSci website, which will guide you through change management. Anyone who is certified with that company in particular, there's Six Sigma, there's different models. 
and there are change management consultants. I wouldn't, if you're looking for coaches, you may have a harder time finding them, but if you look for a change management consultant, you're going to find people who are trained, who have brought businesses through mergers and acquisitions, through digital transformation, through crisis, through new leadership. They get hands-on in the company to help you, help leadership really navigate each piece. But I would say for companies that maybe don't have the budget, that aren't uh, particularly equipped or have the culture to bring on consultants, this is a model that you can still apply, that you can still benefit from, but you really do need the buy-in from key stakeholders in each area of the business. Because if you say this is the model we're using, whether it's ADCAR or not, and you have sales and legal on but HR is saying, no, this doesn't work for us, then you're only going to advance HR. And so the, the important piece here is that awareness needs to happen with your key stakeholders first. The desire needs to be there. They need to have the knowledge because when you start rolling this out to your teams, the leaders are going to be the ones that get questions asked to them. And if they don't have the answers, it starts to unravel at the seams. So this exercise, the model needs to be applied first with your key stakeholders internally, and then start looking at who are the early adopters? Who are the advocates in the company that we can help kind of get in our and help rally the support to spread the word that change is coming, that a good change is coming, and that there really is an opportunity for growth. So how do you think the companies can adapt to this in times of crisis? Is that the right time to do this? So, you know, in the best case scenario, the best time to do this would be before crisis hits so that you're not learning it for the first time on the fly, but better late than never. Even in a crisis, it's good to have a model that you feel can help guide you through each phase. Um, but I do think that particularly given the landscape, we're all, you know, just the reality that we're all living through right now, it is really important to take a pause and consider what is the contingency plan because this method is not going to identify a business plan that will be bulletproof that you can use for years on end. But what it will do is identify who you need to be communicating to, who's being impacted and who you may have overlooked in, in reacting to this crisis. And so by being a little more preactive in your approach and investing that time I let, you know, upfront, but really in this case, in the middle, if you don't have a plan and you're thinking I kind of need one, if you're doing that now, um, it's better to take a pause. I know we all feel like we need to react. We, things are moving. We need to keep up. We need to stay afloat. I get it. And you're not wrong. But if you don't put a little bit of time upfront now, you're going to start to see the execution in your plan, which you didn't put the foresight into how we're going to navigate this change, the execution will be sloppy. It will be messy and there will inevitably be things that you overlooked. And so by investing the time now or, you know, in the future before you embark on any change, uh, investing that time early is really helpful in this sustained success. And at the very least, creating that feedback loop, the two-way dialogue that allows people to iterate through change. I think I'm going to go back and you know read up on this and see how we can apply it to our, to our business and you know just start with this. Sounds very interesting. And thank you so much for spending your time and just explaining this to us. It's been really helpful. Thank you so much for your time again, Samantha. You have a great day and stay safe. Thank you.